Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. My name is David, and I am happy to be here to share with you um, the message we have today has been growing in my heart for a long time. And uh, I am excited to be able to share it. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong, they are weak, but He is. Do you ever feel like the end of that song, the guitar? Like being way out of tune, um, totally off rhythm. And you can hear the right tune. You can hear the right rhythm. But you're not there. You're over here. Um, It feels like you can't get back in tune. That's, that's kind of the way it can be sometimes in our walk with God. We get out of tune. We slide out of tune. Um, and you, you got to ask, what should I do? Are there measurements out there that can help me stay in tune? Is there an in tune with God app I can put on my phone? Just tune me back up again. You know, it really comes down to a bunch of simple things. Like the simplicity of the song, Jesus Loves Me. What do we fill our hearts, our eyes, our minds, our thoughts with? What do we fill ourselves with? What do we watch? What do we listen to? Read? What do we talk about? Maybe even what do we taste? The world around us gives us a lot of false guidance on this. Let me share a few. The world says, follow our heart. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? It also says in Genesis 6, 5, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart 
were only evil. Can we trust our heart? The world says, listen to yourself and to your friends to find your way. Follow your own vibe. I like that. But the Bible tells me to listen to the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Listen to the Holy Spirit. The world says to you determine what's right and wrong. There is no absolute truth. And honestly, this isn't that new. Back in Judges, in 17, Judges 17, 6, it said, In those days, Israel had no king. Everybody did as they saw fit. Be your own self. True. But Psalm 119, 160 tells us, All your words are true, O Lord. All your righteous laws are eternal. And in John 16, 13, it says, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all things of truth. And he will speak, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So I know many of you like to take notes, and I'm sorry I don't have slides, but there's so many scriptures today. I felt like you'd just be rolling through slides constantly. If you want what I'm sharing today, just ask me. I'll be happy to send you a copy of it. Um, I know it's hard. I appreciate people who write that down, and, and, and I do the same thing. I, I, I take voracious notes. Probably, I, I probably write down things Daryl never said, but I write them down anyways. You know, this whole thing about absolute truth, I just want to share something. Uh, this is kind of personal to me. Um, it just really bugs me, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share a philosophical statement with you because it's so true of the world today. Um, And it's been true of the world since the beginning of time, in all honesty. But to make a statement that there is no absolute truth is totally illogical. Yet today, so many people around us embrace this culture of relativism that denies any type of absolute truth. A good question to ask a person who says there is no absolute truth is this. Are you absolutely sure of that? If they say yes, they have made an absolute statement, which itself implies the existence of absolutes, and therefore they are saying that the very fact that there is no absolute truth is the one and only absolute truth. So, so, I mean, that's how I think. You guys just heard how I think, so now you're really concerned about me. You know, some other things the world says to us, the world says your value comes from the views of others around you. What do your friends think? Why don't you ask them what their opinion of this is? That's not always bad, but the Bible says our value is found in Christ, not in what other people think of us. In Romans 5, 8, but but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. He saw that much value in us. In Luke 12, 6, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? I don't know what they're sold for today, but 
Back then it was two pennies, apparently. Um, Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are numbered. Some of us have bigger numbers than others. Um, Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. We are worth something. We are worth a lot to God. Um, You know, it's really, this is kind of a core value. Christ died for us, right? I mean, without that, there would be no one to follow. Um, Just growing up, I had a good friend named Tom. What Tom and I came up with as core values as teenage boys Um, well, let's just say it wasn't full of the fruit of the Spirit. That's for sure. So our friends can guide us in the wrong way, where God guides us and values us. The world says, chase your dreams. God says, I know the plans I have for you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, many know this. For I know the plans I have for you, declared the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The world says, if you work hard enough and long enough, you can fix your problems. God says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you My power is made perfect in your weakness. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for man or human beings. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is Christ the Lord that you are serving. The world says you are the truth. God says he is the truth. John 4:16, Jesus answered, "I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." I don't know about you, but the world view puts an awful lot of pressure on me. It's really, all the world views come back to, you got to do this. It's on your hands to make this happen. God's view removes all that pressure from me. I don't think this is very much in tune, at least. You know, you feel like this sometimes? Man, it'd be great if I just had something to put me in tune. It's not always that easy. You can sit here and do it on your own. 
Every time I talk, I mess up a tuner. There's a lesson in that. So I want to be honest with you about this sermon. I don't think any of these ideas are original to me, just so you know. Most of my thoughts for sermons I've read in the Bible, or I've heard messages, or I read something and it gives me insight and challenges my heart. I recently heard a sermon on tuning the heart that gave me the foundation, inspiration for today. Daryl asked me, he texted me and said, hey, Dave, you know, I got five other people who were going to preach. They all left. Would you preach? (laughs) I think he only said there's one person out there. But but anyways, you know, and he said, just, you know, um, I appreciate Daryl's love for me. And he said, you know, I, I know you're traveling and I was away. He said, but man, if you've got, you got a sermon you want to pull out, use it. I was like, I can't just pull out something and use it after what I just heard. Um, so God, his word, his spirit, his instruction through others is the source of what I'm going to share with you today. So is there a guide like a tuner? This really will get my guitar right back in tune. Um, I just don't have enough time right now to fix all the mess that I got myself into sitting there playing while I continue to drift out of tune. I certainly don't have perfect pitch in music. And I'm really not in perfect tune with God. So what do I do? How do I know if I'm in tune with God or tuning in the world? What is our measure to how closely we are in tune with God? Let me share a scripture that was read to start with. Daryl shared it with us. But I'm going to start just a little bit earlier. I'm going to start in Galatians 5.16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and immoral self-indulgence, idolatry and sorcery, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy and drunkenness and orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus 
have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envious of others. So, are your fruits those of the flesh or of the Spirit? You want to measure? How are your fruits? Are you in tune? How are your fruits? Flesh or spirit? We like formulas. I like step-by-step processes to get things done. I like checklists. They're like, man, I did that. I got it done. Life with Jesus is not a process. It's not a task. It's not a checklist. It's a life's mission, a journey, a love relationship. Every day, a tune-up here or a tune-up there. What are we tuning up right now? The spiritual fruit or the fruit of flesh? There are some simple disciplines in a godly life. They're not hard. They do not require any special ability or superpower. They don't require great wealth or strength or mental aptitude or special skills. We can teach them easily to ourselves. We can teach them to others. We can teach them to the littlest of children. You're probably practicing some of the disciplines yourself today. We each have things that we're better at or feel better doing So do we abandon what we do and start differently? Do we do the same discipline over and over and ignore the others? Or do we try to grow? In 1 Timothy 4, 7, it says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. In other words, teach yourself to walk in the ways of God. Take practical, intentional steps to allow the fruit of God's Spirit to be birthed in and through you. When we discuss developing spiritual disciplines, I often hear the question, how much? You know, I think of athletes training for professional sports, and I'm like, that's not for me. Um, A dear friend of mine recently passed away, and her children talked about her They said one of her disciplines that they so appreciated was that she read through the Bible every year. You could tell this in her conversations, always joyful and always a thought from God's word. But is that it? I mean, that was her. I tried reading through the Bible. I'm going to be honest. I mean, it's for a lot of people, but I took one of those, you know, discipleship journal, read through the Bible in a year thing. It basically destroyed my Bible reading that year. For me, it didn't work. For my friend Donna, it was one of those things that she passionately lived for every day. Um. How much should I pray? When I hear this, I think of the movies of monks kneeling all day and praying, chanting. Is that it? 
I recently met with a friend of mine and we had this conversation. Um, I'll share that. How much should I fast? I think Jesus fasted for 40 days, right? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not in for that. That's a lot. Um, Is it a task to be measured? Is there a chart up in heaven with your progress in reading and praying and fasting and worshiping and sharing? Is there a chart up there that God, uh, David, yep, David read another book. David prayed another prayer. I don't think so. You know, I honestly talk to God all day long. I don't know about you, but I do. Um, No one else really wants to listen to me that much or should. (laughs) You know, when I wake up, when I screw up, when I cheer up, when I give up, when I make up, when I speed up and when I listen up, when I slow down, when I go down, and when I sit down, yeah, seems to me like I'm always talking to God. Um, I read God's word most days. I'm not trying to read more than anybody else. Some days it's only one verse, and it stops me in my tracks. Some days it's a whole book, and it takes me an hour or two. Sometimes if I'm memorizing a verse, it may take me a while, days, weeks. Some people are much better at memorizing than I am. Some days it's a scripture I memorized because I don't have my Bible with me. Uh, Well, you know, I can't use that excuse anymore because I got an app. (laughs) Um, And my phone doesn't leave me, it seems like. Um, But sometimes I get that scripture that I've memorized back in my head and just keeps going and going and going. Um, My goal is to know God better. And he left me a book to help me out. Thankfully, it's not a pair of stone tablets. <laughs> um, John fourteen fifteen says, If you love me, you will obey my commands. Psalm 25, 4 through 5 says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. So how do I tune up? Let me share six things that you can use to tune up for Jesus. Six spiritual disciplines. I'm sure there's more, but these are ones that have been useful to me, and they'll keep you growing in spiritual fruit. These disciplines I leave with you may not be all the disciplines, like I said. They're not there is no perfecting them, though. Just understand, this is not, I did it. I feel to do some pretty, I, I feel I do pretty well in some of these. Some of these I'm not so good at. But these are great for constantly tuning yourself to God. Let's talk about prayer. The monk on his knees, right? What What prayer? You know, for me, there are times when it's dedicated prayer. I've got friends who said, hey, would you pray about this for me? Um, I have stuff in my life that I'm, I really need to pray about this. Um, and, and, and I try to do that. I have a friend I, I, I'm talking to, and he said, you know, Dave, I'm, I'm, 
I got this prayer list going like you encouraged me to, but the list is getting long. You know, I don't have that much time in my day. You know, but dedicated prayer is a form of prayer. There's continuous prayers. You walk throughout your day, like I talked about. You know, I'll be walking down the road and I'm like, God, what's going on here? Can you guide me? I mean, I may have a feeling about something. Um, I may have just had an interaction with somebody and I just, you know, it's God, give me the words to help today. There's impromptu prayer, just like that. But do you ever wake up in the middle of the night with a compassionate feeling for somebody else? Do you ever wake up and someone's name pops in your head or all of a sudden you're just doing something and their name comes in your head? That's a great time for an impromptu prayer. I know somebody who spends her time riding a lawnmower in my front yard, <laughs> praying. The lines aren't always straight, but the prayers are straight. I can assure you that this will grow spiritual fruit. Take time in prayer. Study. What do you fill your mind with? Me, it's engineering stuff. But what should we fill it with? What is more important than God's word? Which grows spiritual fruit? Flesh or godly things? Algebra or Amos? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so when you're reading, again, you know, we have a reading plan here, a great thing to follow along with. Be in tune with what everybody else is reading. I encourage you to read. It doesn't matter how much. It's that you're thirsting for God's word every day. What about memorizing God's word? Planning it in your heart. We hear the word meditation all the time and it scares some people. But if you meditate on God's word, if you seek his insight, he will guide you in your steps through his word. Fasting. Giving up something for God. Most immediately think of food, and as I mentioned earlier, Jesus in 40 days pops into my mind, and I'm like, okay, I'm not doing that. I, I can't make 40 days. But food is the common thing. What do we think of when we say that word? Do I completely fast? Do I just give up my favorites? Do I just restrict my diet? My answer is yes. What about fasting from your habits? Anybody got a habit they'd like to fast from? I do. Um, try starting with fasting if you want to change a bad habit. Now, I could probably fast a habit for 40, well, maybe not 40 days. <laughs> but if I made 40 days, that habit would change. What about fasting from relationships? Wait a minute, Dave, aren't relationships important? Well, there's some relationships that are pulling you away from God. They may be important in another part of your discipline, but sometimes you need to step back. Are they building spiritual or worldly fruit in that relationship? Think about that. Another important um, discipline is fellowship. This is 
Lori, I'm sorry, four. This is the fourth discipline. <laughs> um, Lori t- last night said, hey, you told me it was going to be six, so why don't you tell them what number you're on? Um, so fellowship. God made us to have fellowship and relationships. Fellowship with your family. Building the relationships to strengthen your marriage and your bonds with your children and with your parents and with your siblings. With this family. Gathering with the family to grow fruit of the Spirit and to build relationships and bonds. And then there's fellowship with other families to let them see the spiritual fruit. You want to witness to somebody? Let them see the Spirit of God within you. It's an easy witness. Worship. And the Bible is just full of calls for us to worship God. In reality, worship is not us standing up and singing on Sunday morning. It is the totality of our existence lived out in the awareness and praise of our Creator. I want to thank my friend Tom McNerney for that one. He copied it from somebody else. <laughs> um, but Tom posted that this week, and I said, you know what, Tom, you're right. That's really a good definition of what worship really is. But we can worship alone. We can praise God. We can give God the glory in everything we do all day long. We can worship together. We do sing songs of praise to God. We lift prayers up to him. We listen to his word. We talk and encourage each other. That's worshiping together. And then there's that spontaneous worship that happens when you're walking along the street and something just comes to you that you know is from God and you giggle, you dance. You don't want to see me dance, but um, it does happen. (laughs) Um, My grandkids will attest to that. We respond spontaneously to the glory of God. Finally, the sixth discipline that I want to share is sharing. We share to acknowledge what God has shared with us. Share your faith. Yep, giving it to others so that they may see the love of God. Share your abilities that others may be blessed by what God has given you. Share your resources so that the love of Jesus may spread and grow. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This guitar makes no music all by itself. All by itself it drifts out of tune and it makes pretty sorry music. Although I've had a few friends in my life that could pick up an untuned guitar and make it sing. I don't think I'm going to do that today. It's wood and its wires are silent. It takes tuning, it takes practice and use to share its beauty. Likewise, tune, practice and use 
your spiritual fruit. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for our ability to give up things for you. We thank you for the time we share together, and we thank you for the things that just get us excited to shout out God to your glory. And we thank you for the call for us to share. God, our Father, help our fruit of your spirit grow in our heart this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.